0: Uh, here we go. So, um, so, so today we are doing part two of the GOAT. Um, and uh, last week we um, talked about um, Jesus being the GOAT inside of our lives. Jesus being the greatest of all time and, and how he's an example of the greatest of all times and how we're going to be looking over the next few weeks about um, just some characteristics and some ideas and principles that Jesus lays out for us so that we can also be the greatest of all time um, wherever we find ourselves, whether that's inside of our jobs, inside of our homes, inside of our communities, wherever we find ourselves, that we can be the greatest of all time. Why? Because Jesus is laying out that example for us. Why is that? Because, and it's the other reason is because Jesus said, you shall do greater things than I. And so if we're to lay out a foundation for doing greater things, then what we have to understand is since he was the GOAT, we have permission to be the GOAT. Because he was the expert, we have the ability to be the expert. And and, and really, many of you inside this room, the thing that you need to get inside of your head, I had two, two thoughts that went together, but here's the first first thought. The thought is, is that you are not the greatest in your world because you won't allow yourself to believe that you are the greatest in your world. We, we have this thing where we feel like we give people authority inside of our lives and yet, why do we give those people that authority? Because somebody else has said that they are okay to speak on a particular subject. Not because they're an expert, not because they know it all, because even if you look on CNN, you look on Fox, some of these commentators that they have, they knows it's still running. They, they, they're, they're, the, the print is still fresh on their diplomas. Because they went to school for four years, and now all of a sudden they're an expert in telling us how we should think, how we should behave, how we should see things in the point of life. And so we're allowing people to dictate our behavior because someone decided, because they look cute, and that's why the majority of them are on the TV, just, just, just so you're aware. They're, they're on TV because they're, they're what we used to refer to in, in high school and college as eye candy. You, you know, they, they look good. You, you, know, you know what I mean? They, they look the part. Yeah. But what we need to understand is that majority of them are re- reading from scripts. Yeah. The majority of them have no idea what they're talking about because they don't have the experience that actually enables them to actually speak wisdom into a particular situation. Now, I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying that as we look at this, how do you see who you are? How do you see the person that you are as you walk around and and, you see yourself as, oh, I'm just someone who's just trying to cope. I'm just someone who's just trying to be here. But what we need to understand is that wisdom is passed on from person to person. It's not something that should be like we read about and we're like, oh, my God, that's how I should think. Oh, my God, I'm going to think that way. But it's something that needs to be passed on from one person to another person, from another person to another person. So you might not feel like you have the authority. You might not feel like you're the expert, but you are the expert. You are the person in authority over your own life. And all we're talking about is when we talk about this idea of who Jesus is, one of the things that made Jesus great was the idea that he knew who he was. We talked about this last last week. Because he knew who he was, he was able to go to John the Baptist and say, you baptize me. You know, I I don't have to use your, you know, platform to try to make myself look better or be better. I'm who I am. And because I know who I am, I'm going to act in a way that actually demonstrates who I am with authority, with peace, with victory, which lets me go from one level to the next level to the next level. And maybe I don't go to the next level yet, but I stay on this one a little bit while. But I'm secure with that because I know who I am. And so, my behavior isn't defined by what someone else says, but it's defined about what does God say about me? How do I feel in this moment? How am I going to deal with this i'm not basing it upon everyone else inside of my circle you know you know has a nicer car, maybe they have a nicer job, maybe they have a nicer maybe they bought a house and i don 't have a house yet, but what i 'm saying is is i 'm just going to be content with where God has me, and i 'm going to prepare myself in this season for my next because I might not be able able to do it now, but I'll be able to do it in my next. I might not be able to act right. I might not be able to say the right words, but I'm going to be able to say the right words next time. I'm going to be able to buy that house next time. I'm going to be able to buy that car next time. It's all about what is coming. What is the next inside of your life? And Jesus understood that. And since he understood that, it brings us to our point today of what we're talking about in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. It says Jesus called his disciples. That's the section. Jesus called his disciples. He gathered them. And so today, if, if you are writing your notes, the title of today's message is putting together a team. Everyone who is a goat in sports understands that they've got to put a team around them to excel their gifts. You know, let, let's, let's look at LeBron. Why did LeBron go to uh, 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 Miami? Because he became part of a team that would equip him to go to the next level. See, many of us, we're stuck in this idea because we don't see ourselves as the experts, because we don't give ourselves the authority that we want. We do it on our own. And why do we do it on our own? Because we only feel comfortable with ourselves, or maybe because we only feel insecure with ourselves, maybe because we don't trust anybody else, maybe because other people haven't shown, or maybe it's them, maybe it's not them, maybe it's us. But at the end of the day, I have no control over them. I only have control over me. I don't have control over how they're acting, but I do have control over how I'm acting. You know, like like my girls get into like these heated discussions, arguments. You know, your girls probably do too. You know, has kids, you you know, siblings. It's like and it goes back and forth. It's like they argue about nothing. Like it's just nothing, and they're arguing about it. You're, you're like, it's not even important. But but yet, what they do is is they're trying to volley or they're trying to uh, 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 position themselves about. Well, I'm doing this. This is mine. This is my thing. And 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 when we are not in a place where we are able to develop the right team to be in the right place like Jesus did, what we are doing is we are volleying for attention. We are trying to get our parents' attention. We're trying to get God's attention, and God's saying, I have your, you have my attention. You don't need to act up. You don't need to talk like that. You don't need to behave in that type of way. You have my attention. The Bible says to come that that, that we have the freedom because of what Jesus is to approach the throne of God. There, there, there is no divided temple anymore, but yet we live our lives in that type of way. Well, I only can talk and worship God on Sunday. Well, I only could do it if the pastor preaches a good message. I only could do, 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 do this if, if I have the right worship music and the right ocean environment. See, people who are mature understand I don't need the right environment. I create the environment. I am the creator of environments. I am the builder of people's lives. I am the one who's going to bring atmosphere change into my house, into my kid's room, into my school, into my classroom. It is you Who are the answer? It's not somebody else. It's you. And when you understand that you are the goat of your life is that you walk around with that authority. You walk around with that victory. And you walk around just as Jesus did in Matthew chapter 14 saying this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. What did he see? Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Listen to this, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were what? Verse 19, it says, come follow me. This is Jesus saying, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw, he saw again, two other brothers, okay? James, son of Zabidi, what's that? (laughs) Zabidi. How you say it? There you go. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, thank thank you. All the rest of y'all said Zippete and y'all like zip z-, z yeah, yeah. There you go, right there. There you go. You know, so, so there you go. So, and and that might not even be the right way to spell it. That's just the way the preacher told us how to say it. So, but so we don't know. So there, there we go, but we're gonna keep going. And it says, Brother John, they were in a boat with their father, preparing their nets. Jesus called them immediately. They left the boat, and their father and father followed him him see called the, the, the idea of being able to build a team is being able to call people from where they're at to something else I'm calling you from this into this see see and 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 let me let me let me, let me just because I think this is like the clearest indication for many of us because we can't see it in our own lives but we can see it in other people's lives is, is that, you know, when it comes to young people, yeah. there has been this thing within our culture that we let our young people float through life yeah. to figure themselves out. Yeah. When that is not biblical. What Jesus did is Jesus said he called them, he called them and took them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. He called them from this to this. And many times, when we try to let our kids figure out themselves, they end up more lost and more confused. And if you don't believe me, look in the mirror. I'm saying this not because I had it all together. I'm saying it because when I graduated from high school, I was confused. I'm saying it because when I was in my freshman year in college, I was confused. I'm saying it because I was confused even after I had switched to a second school and still trying to figure out my life. In that moment, I was still confused. And let me just be a little bit honest with you for a little bit. You know, I'm already being honest. Let me be a little more honest. Even after I graduated from college, I still was confused. Because we have people who they're allowing the generation or the voices of this generation to dictate and call them to somewhere. So you've gone from Christian to atheist. You've gone from clarity to confusion. You've, you've gone from student to someone who's wandering through life. You've gone from someone who is drug free to all of a sudden you are addicted to every single substance on the earth. You've gone from being a aversion to being someone who can't keep their thing inside their pants. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all can we get a little bit truthful now? Can we just get a little bit real? You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. It's because we've allowed other people's voices or what the business world likes to call the elevator pitch of other people's life to dictate us. You know, how many of you guys know what the elevator pitch? You know, you know un, 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 only two, three of you. So, so how many people know what the elevator pitch is? Okay, when you try trying to get a job and you see someone who you like and they're like, well, what are you all about? Your elevator pitch is the tw- 20 seconds. They say 20, what is it actually? 30 seconds. What is it? 20, how many? Th- about, about 30 seconds. There, there you go. About 30 seconds that you have to tell the person all about who you are. Right. You, you have 30 seconds. But with other 30 seconds, if it goes longer, they, you, you've lost them. If it's, you, you know, and if it's shorter, that's awesome. And that's amazing. And isn't it very interesting that that is not that we like to say that that's a modern business technique. But yet, isn't it very interesting that that's what Jesus does right here? Y'all don't believe me, because that's why I have y'all went. Mm, mm. That went from, oh, mm. did he really Pastor? In verse 19, this is what he says, says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. That's his elevator pitch. And you're like, well, how does that make his elevator pitch? It makes elevator pitch because it wasn't about Jesus. It was about them. The key word, I will make you into something what they're teaching people now in business school, what they're teaching people now when they're trying to be influencers of people's lives on YouTube and all of a sudden. One of the things they're saying is, what's your elevator pitch? And they're saying if, if it's about you, you've already lost the person, but it's gotta be about the you. The you is the person that you're talking to. What am I here to do? I'm here to help you become a better parent. What am I here to do? I'm here to entertain you. What am I here to do? I'm here to make you some money. What are you here for? I'm here today to talk about five things that you can do to better your life or for you to get that job, for you to see me make a fool of myself, for you to do fill in the blank is that Jesus had his elevator pitch down packed, And when you have it down packed, you know who you are. You know, I was reading this article. It's entitled Uncovering the Hidden Talent of Your Staff. And this is a quote from the author, who, the person who wrote the article, Vicki Hugh. And it says, when you're doing something innovative, you need people with an innovative deposition. You have people whose, you know, their persona, their, their attitude, you know, it's just who are open-minded and can move quickly. They need to be comfortable taking risk and failing and be highly uh, collaborative. Yeah. And let me ask you, as you are living this life as a Christian, you need to understand that it's innovative. You need to stop looking at it as though it's something that is stale or that it's boring. No, it's something that is innovative. There's something that's always changing. The principles don't change, but yet the things that we do are they—they they change. You know, 10 years ago, who 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 had a Bible on their phone? Nobody in here. 10 years ago, you, you, you did. Oh, is that? Okay, Okay, there we go. Okay, eighty-eight. <laughs> Ninety-eight. He was the one with the big phone. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, but 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 the idea is 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 that things are changing. Things are moving, things are, are progressing, and, and, and as Christians, we've got to think that same type of way of bringing creativity into the mix. And God is calling us, calling every single one of us, this is his pitch to you, is that I will make you fisher of men is that I'm pulling you from out of where you're at and I'm placing you somewhere else. I'm giving you purpose. I'm giving you a mission. I'm giving you all the things that you need so that you can become all that God wants you to become. Mission statement of the church, what is it? No one turn around and look at the wall. What is it? You're sort of right, but you're not right. It's right there behind you. It says helping people to love God, life, and people. That's, that's, no, don't want it behind the wall. We want it right there so that when people leave, they can, they, they can see it. So, but helping people love God, life, and people. You're saying, well, I don't know what my, my mission statement is from, from my life. Well, you need to just grab a hold of that one for right now. You should have a personal one as well. What is your personal mission statement? What is your personal napkin thing that is on your, you know, uh, 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 elevator pitch? What is your, uh, you know, what is your napkin content strategy design? What, what, what is it that, that you have that at the end of the day, if we're to sit down and talk to you, that helps, that beats inside of you? What is that thing? What is the thing that, they, and guess what, it should only be a sentence. It shouldn't be longer than a sentence. If it's a paragraph, chop it up. If it's two sentences, chop it up. Make it easy. Something that you can run with. Mine is. This is mine. Uh, 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 who, who knows what mine are? the, uh, the uh, You. Do you know what my mission statement is? I've said it to you numerous times. You probably, and I don't say it on another statement. I just say, hey, I'm here to do. You don't know, do you? Jojo, what is it? The last conversation me and you had, I was drilling you on it because you, you were like, you need it. No, whatever. We're going to go there, okay? <laughs> but here we go. Helping you to encounter Jesus. That's all. That's all my mission statement is. I like it. It's helping you to encounter Jesus. You know, so from these set of texts, what are some things that we can grab a hold of? What Jesus knew. The first thing that Jesus knew as he was calling these people out or as he was gathering his team. This is the first thing he knew. What you're currently doing points to your future. What you're currently doing points to your future. That's why, young people, you need to be trying to get good grades because it points to your future. That's why adults, that's why at your job, you should be trying to be the best that you can at that job, showing up early. I didn't say on time. I said early, showing up early. Making sure you cross all your T's and dot your I's. Make sure you have a smile on your face. If you got to buy extra coffee, buy extra coffee that you manage your budget appropriately. You don't go over in your budget every single month. That you're living at your living expenses. Make sure you're doing all of that right. Why? Because what you're doing now, what you're currently doing, points to your future. Well, how? I don't understand how it does it. I don't know, but it just does. But this is what I do know. You, know. you know what I'm saying? You might be like, well, well how does being a, 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 a fisherman's son point to being di- disciples? Outside of the fact that they're both one's gathering fish, one's gathering people, I don't know. But let me tell you right now, what did Jesus see them doing? It doesn't say Jesus walked by and saw them complaining, you know, cussing out their parents because they're mad and frustrated with life. It doesn't say they were sitting on their couch doing nothing. What it says is that, one, it says that they were, I'm getting into my next point, but one of them was uh, casting out nets. They were using the tools that were in their hand. They were using them, using them appropriately. That's what I always got to tell my kids all the time. Use the tools you have appropriately. A A pencil is not to be thrown at your sister. It's to write with. You you know, it's just not. It's not what some use for, okay? You you know, the, the other thing that they were doing was that one of them was preparing the nets. So one was one group of sons were casting the nets. The other group of sons were preparing the nets. They were using what was in their hands. And how many of you guys know that later on, that became the very thing that Jesus actually built upon when he sent them out two by two? When he sent them out with no money, when he sent them out with nothing, and he said, go use what you have. That's why he prepared a place for them, and he needed people who weren't stuck in, we don't have enough money. You needed people who weren't weren't stuck in this whole mentality of, well, I'm just so tired. I, I just don't have enough energy. I just don't have this. I don't have that. Who are stuck on what they don't have. Use what you do have. Clean it up. Make it nice. Make it look the way that you want it to look and use it for the purpose of God. So that you can fulfill your life's mission. You know, you're like, okay, well, well, you know, what you're currently doing points to your future. It says that Jesus saw what they were doing. The second thing, everybody say number two. How you do your current points to your future. So it's not only what you're currently doing, but how you do what you're currently doing. Do you have a good attitude at work? Or are you nasty and stanky? Do you cheat? Do you lie? Do, 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 are, are, are you trying to steal things, whether it's little pencils, whether I don't know what it is? You know, you're just like, well, they owe me. Nobody owes you nothing. You know, and and, 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 and you're laughing. But thing is, 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 is that, you, you know, you know, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one in, in 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 here who's stole some stuff from his previous employer that that you you know maybe it was like a pen or it was like a napkins and you know you know toilet paper so you know we could have it at the house milk so we have it you know you know and it's like and it's like we we and we try to justify it. we we try to say oh it's it's oh it's okay it, 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 well it's fine well it's it's this it's that and we have developed a mentality inside of our lives and then we wonder why. People don't want to come to church when we ask them to come to church yeah. because we don't know how to treat the things that we've been given. You don't. You, know, you know, don't don't take for granted where you work. Don't take for granted your boss. And yes, they might not deserve the, the position that they got. But that ain't your problem. That's not your concern. Your concern. It's to be living according to your purpose, be living according to your plan. And young people, y'all think I'm just talking about bosses. I'm talking about y'all teachers, too. Some of y'all teachers are so dumb that I I, I don't even know what's what's wrong with them. And and I'm not lying because I hear some of the stories, but it is not your job to label them. That is your job to obey. It is your job to do what they say to do. If it don't make sense, you still do it. Why? Because that's your teacher. Because one day you're going to have a boss who don't know what he's doing and he's going to tell you to do something. You let them figure that out. You let God work all that out. The Bible says is that God is, is orchestrating governments. And if God can do that, God can orchestrate your teacher to get on the right path. You know, uh, 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 Ella had a, a a teacher in a, in a subject that would go nameless just in case. <laughs> but... Uh, you, you know she she would argue and debate and 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 act like she was in high school and how she treated her high schoolers like I said just telling them this is the way it's going to be and was saying she would argue and debate with them and be like you know like she was treating them like they were her peers well guess what her contract did not get renewed this year why because someone finally spoke up about how childish she was see see How did all that happen? Because God watches out for my daughter and where my daughter's going. See, and you have to understand, young people, it is not your job to correct your parents. It is not your job to correct your teacher. It is your job to obey. It is your job to be directed. It is your job to listen and move and to keep moving forward. Let God figure out all the details of everything else that needs to be figured out. I think I'm done. Some of y'all are really uncomfortable about that. Like, what I going I don't understand how we could tell people to do this. You know, but how do you, how you do your current points to your future? They were fishermen. What were they doing? I've already said this, casting their nets, using their tools, preparing their nets, improving their tools. You've got to do two things. You've got to use your tools and you've got to improve your tools. You, you know, uh, Mike, Mike. I mean, uh, uh, Joel will tell you this all, all the time. When you are into, like, camera stuff, like we have this camera stuff that, we, that the church has and stuff, when you're into camera stuff, you know, when you're like a geek freak or whatever, what you always do is you get focused not on using the tool, but you get focused on, well, can I, can, can I somehow sell this, sell, sell that so I can get the newer tool? You, you know, because, because, and you're so consumed with the tool that you never use the tool. You know, it's, it's like Diane, you know, you know, when she was a plumber, she's like, man, they just came out with a brand new pipe thing. I just go, and it comes right off. Oh, my goodness, how amazing is that? She gets on YouTube, watches a whole bunch of videos, watches 20 hours worth of content, and she's like, yeah, that's so awesome. Man, I'm going to get that. But during that time, she just lost 20 hours of work. And many of us, we get stuck on watching and watching and watching and watching and watching other people live their life that we never live our own lives. Oh my goodness, wouldn't it be amazing to go on a vacation? Oh my, I want to go on vacation. And so you spend all this time watching all these videos about people on vacation, and six months go by, and how much have you saved up for your vacation? Zero. How many airlines have you called to see how much it would cost? Zero. Because we've gotten into this mentality I'm just going to watch, I'm just going to observe. I'm just going to sit back, and I'm going to see what's what's going on, and I'm not going to engage. Engagement has to do with the activities that you apply your hands to. The tools that you have, are you using them appropriately, and are you cleaning them? Are you preparing them to be used? (laughs) See, See, and, 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 and that's, and the thing is sense, sense of our lives is, is, is that we have been deceived, related to day, we have been deceived in thinking that if I've watched it, I've participated in it. If it's on someone's story and they were there, you know, but then you give the same engagement to that that you give when you're actually with some someone. See, and, 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 and that's a totally different sub subject because I'm still trying to work that out in my mind. I'm just trying to work that out in my attitude. How I will be excited about something that I see on a screen, whether it's in my hands or it's there, but when I'm actually there, I'm more like this. And I have more interaction as a person with what's on the screen than when I'm actually present and it's right there in front of me. Because we've been deceived. We've been deceived to think that our engagement of just viewing something is enough for us to experience it when it's not. It's not enough. It's, it's, it's not what God intended for our lives. And this is the third thing and the last thing. Hopes and desires don't always line up with current. I think I should say current reality. But be ready to move. See, I, I love this because the disciples, the Bible says two things. The first group, they left what? At once. Remember last week what we talked about? Now. We talked about now was the time. Now was the moment. Understanding the value of the now, of not waiting till next week or waiting until tomorrow, but now and taking advantage of that now. The second group of brothers, what did they do? They immediately, they left. So one is at once they left. Another response was immediately they left. And there was something so dynamic about just being committed to just doing something. It's so just saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm running with this. Hey, I'm going to make this happen. But let me tell you, what Jesus did was Jesus took these young men who, let me tell you right, right now, and, and I hate when people say this, like, like I hate it, like, like I hate it to the bone, like, like it irritates me. Like when people say it, I always correct them. And I'm not really that confrontational type of person, but when they say this, I always correct them. You know, people go, ministry is hard. Ministry is not hard. You know what gives you the perception that it's hard? is the person who's doing it. The second person is the person who's actually receiving it. And when you sit up here and you, you develop a mentality that this is hard, what I'm doing is hard, what, what I'm doing in the sense of loving people is hard, what you do is you actually create a wall in your life that, doesn't, that eliminates the possibilities of you being able to actually do what you do from a healthy place. When you're on the other side, talking about y'all now, when y'all look at what I do as being hard, What you basically are doing is you are developing a theology, an understanding, a doctrine, a mentality around how you give, around what you give, about how you approach ministry. Your view of why you say yes and no when someone asks you to do something. But when in any other sphere you do the exact same thing and you could do it all day. But when you ask to do it inside these four four walls, it becomes difficult because in your mind you've put up a wall as well that you have to climb over. When ministry isn't hard. The Bible says, just what Jesus says, my yoke is what? Easy. Easy. You, you know, you know and, and so why is this hard? This is hard because it's too much of me in it. It's hard because it's too much of you in it. Well, you got to deal with people, and people are messy, and people are this, people are that. Yeah, Yes, people are, but will you focus on what people are, or will you focus on, will you focus on what people are that you don't like, or will you focus on what people are that you do like? Like, is that true? I ain't go around the room and I talk to every single person, and I can tell you one thing that I do not like about you. And it's more than just, oh, I don't like your shoes. I could tell you things personality-wise that I don't like about you. But I also can go around this room and I also can be encouraged and tell you every single one of you guys things that I do love about you. And which one will I allow to dominate my life? Will I allow what you're not doing to dominate my life or will I allow the potential that is inside of you? And what Jesus did was Jesus took 12 young boys. They weren't even young men. They were boys. And what he, because the Bible lets us know that, the Bible, the Bible says, but historians tell us that probably the oldest one was about 16 years old. He took a bunch of trays. How old are you, Mikey? Six, 17? Maybe one of them was older than Mikey. Maybe Mikey would be the oldest. He took them. And why did he take them? Because the young people have a tendency that they haven't. They're, 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 they're not concrete inside their mind of what they're thinking yet. You know, it's, 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 and the thing is, is that as older people, we have to ask ourselves, am I going to be old or I'm going to be young? Am I going to be an old person or I'm going to be young? You, you know, one of the things that, that Craig said, I'm about to give an example right from your life because I'm glad you asked. You know, one thing that Craig said to, said to me he goes, he goes, he goes, I'm getting older, but I don't want to act like an older person. Like, I don't want to be mean. I I don't want to have this thing where I'm like no no but I want to be open. I, I you know I want to be you know I want to be in a place where I'm I'm vulnerable where God can still kind of speak to me and use me and 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 do work in and through my life. And that's difference between are you going to be old and not in regards to age cuz you know Folks, we like wine here, now, okay? So we, the older we get, the more the more seasoned we, we become, you know, the better tasting we become. All that other stuff. You you know, so so but are you going to be old in in regards to your stinky, nasty thoughts and behavior and you're going to say it worked in 1985, so it should work now. No, it doesn't work that way. The things you did then aren't going to help you now. They're just a foundation by which you step on And you keep moving forward. And so as we keep moving forward, the hopes and desires don't always line up with our current situation. But be ready to move. What you need to see is that when you are moving people from one place to another place is that they wanted LeBron to join a championship team. That was the whole purpose. But were they champions yet? No. They weren't. KD want to join a championship team. Now, were they champions? Yes. And many times, many of us, we want the KD situation, but we don't want the LeBron situation. We want the KD thing where everything's already laid out for us. It's already it's already a guarantee. We're going to make it to the finals. Now, what we do after that is up to us, but we're going to make it there. But what we have to understand is most of us are not living the KD life. Most of us in this room are living The LeBron life, this is a step of faith right now. How far did y'all get last season? Oh, y'all got knocked out in the first round? Oh, well, well, and you're talking about you wanna make a championship team? There are no guarantees with every step that you take. And if you are looking for a guarantee, someone has deceived you. If it's a guarantee, oh, I was watching Sanford and Son. I know I'm not politically correct, okay? (laughs) But, but my grandfather watches Sanford and Son every single day, and, 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 um, and he watched Cosby Show too. So for you guys that are really trying to who get really real thing, he watches those two, two things every single day, and so um, and and so he is there watching Sanford and the plot was, there was this uh, a, a bathroom like a a bowl like that was supposedly have been sat on and used by the Prince of Wales. And so Lamont, right, Lam- 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 Lamont, the son, buys it from this lady who supposedly is trying to get rid of all of her husband's stuff, right? Bought it for $20, $20, which, you know, for nowadays, it's like $200, okay? Just kind of give you, so $20, right? Well, the husband comes in to, to, comes into the junkyard, you know. You know, how many of you guys, wait, let's, let's back up a little. How many of you guys know what Sanford and Son is? Okay, you guys don't. So, okay, whatever. But so, they, they all know, but y'all don't know. Okay, so it's an old, so old show about a, about a father and a son who are living in the in the junkyard people or the salv salvage people, whatever you call. It. And 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 so Lamont, the son, brings them. He's all excited, Dad, I got this thing. You know, I got it because it has the crest. You know, the the Duke or whatever. This was his. Pot, you know, that he used, and you know, you know, the father, he's going crazy with this. A pot, really? I could sell you something, something that'd be more, you know, they're like, you want me to do something and something, you know, I'll give you something. So, so the, the husband of the person who supposedly, you know, sold him the, this pot on accident comes to drunk, oh, I need this. This is a family heirloom, you know, starts making up all this stuff, right? And he starts going, I'll give you $200 for it. You know, which, you know, now would be more like $2,000, you know. And he's like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give you $300. He goes, will you take a check? And he goes, he, and he goes and so he writes him a check for $300. I think it was $300, gives it to him, right. And Lamont, he's all, I'll have someone tomorrow come and pick it up. Almost 24 hours goes by, another man shows up. Offers more money for the thing, but doesn't want to interfere with the transaction that had already come. And he goes, if you can buy it back from the guy, I'll give you. I'll sell you possibly up to nine hundred dollars or more for the pot. And so Lamont is like, "Oh, that's so cool, whatever." So he gives and he goes, "If you have any questions, call this number." Right. Well, another twenty-four hours goes by. He's already bought back the pot, so he's paid two fifty. Remember, he was offered to dollars he was offered three hundred, but I think he paid three fifty for it. So he actually ends up losing fifty bucks, or whatever. And so he comes back and Lamont. You know, has the pot and he's waiting for this guy. He's like, why is this guy? Well, this guy said he's coming on Friday. It's Friday. Where is he at? He calls the person and it's a number for McDonald's. And he's like, oh, man, dude. you know, you know, Sanford. <laughs> you big <dick> dummy. <laughs> you big dummy. You know, and he goes, "You, you were conned. They conned you. And he's like, he's trying to do the math. He goes, but I had $300, but I paid $350. Oh, so I lost 50 bucks. So he lost 50 bucks in the whole transaction. But then his father's like, no, you didn't, you big dummy. You lost 350 bucks because the check that you just took, I called the bank, and the bank hasn't even cashed it yet because it's, it's bouncing. See, the thing is, when you think it's, it's too good to be true. It's just too good to be true. You know, I hate to say this, but don't be the dummy. Keep moving forward. Keep going after the things of God. And understand that your hopes and desires don't always line up with your current situation. You want to be a millionaire. You want to drive big-time cars. But yet no one in your family has a big-time $2,000, $200,000 car. Your current situation doesn't line up with where you're going, but that doesn't mean you stop believing. It doesn't mean that that you don't stop moving forward. It doesn't mean that you don't stop. Is it Just because of where you're at doesn't line up with what's inside of your heart. It doesn't mean that you give it up. Don't give it up. Keep moving forward. Have the courage. Have the boldness to do the things that God is calling you to do. Come on, Christian, because I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. The three things, what Jesus knew, that your current situation, what you're currently doing points to your future. How you do your current points to your future. And your hopes and desires don't always line up with your current situation, but be ready to move. The disciples were ready to move. I don't know what their desires were, I don't. but Jesus knew. I don't know why particularly he chose these people outside of the fact that, you know, they were people who weren't just sitting on a couch somewhere. If you're sitting around waiting for God to give you that business, it's not going to happen. If you're sitting around waiting for, the, you know, and you haven't put out any resumes, if you're waiting to get into a school and yet you haven't even filled out an application, you're not getting into that school. If, if, if you're sitting there waiting for someone to just discover who you are, majority of the time, it doesn't happen. Even still, see, see, the old world that we lived in was like this. and And there was a white male who was sitting at a desk. And all the talent in the world had to go to this one desk and basically say, hey, am I good enough to do blank? We're not living in that world anymore. We're living in a world right now where someone can turn on a camera and they could bypass the person, the one person, who their thoughts, their mentality, their experiences from life, and you wonder why, okay, you know, certain ethnicities don't get to be on certain shows. but That's because it's all based upon what that one person is thinking. You want to know why in every single show that you watch now that there's at least one scene where a guy is kissing a guy and a girl is kissing a girl, it's not because that's the way that everyone else is living. It's because of one or six people sitting around a table and they're trying to express their view of life. It's not everyone's view of life. It's not everyone's experience. It's not everyone's you know, desires and things that and what they're dealing with, but it's the people that are sitting around that table. But we live in a time, we live in an age now where you can flip on a switch on a camera And an hour later, post something on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. Even some people have the capacity just to stream their own website. And yet we still have excuses. We say, that person is trying to keep me down. That person won't let me. Well, how about you just have the courage? like the early disciples, to so just say, this isn't lining up with where I'm at and what my desires are. I'm desiring more. And so now that this opportunity is coming, I'm running after it. I'm seeking it. I'm going to make it happen. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. dear Father,